Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm going to tell you something that you all should know. Chicago is the greatest place I ever know. I'm going to stay in this town. I'm going to live in this town. What new star players may be joining the Cubs and White Sox in 2022? David and Bruce explore the free agent and trade market as the offseason takes shape. Will it be Max Scherzer putting up zeros at 35th and Bill Vec Drive? Or Carlos Correa hitting long balls at Clark and Addison? You and the guys discuss possible offseason MLB moves and speculate who may be Chicago bound at 312-644-6767 on Inside the Clubhouse. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. I'm David Hall and Bruce Levine. And Bruce, this is a fun new segment we heard uh, coming in what this will be. And we'll talk about potential free agents. We'll talk about potential trades. And where would you like to start? Because Chicago Bound, we're not going to talk about the entire class of possibilities. It's a long off season and there are a lot of names. But where do you think is the most likely place to start in if you're inside the head of a Rick Hahn or inside the head of a Jed Hoyer, what guy do you think stands out the most to either respective executive? Well, David, I have a couple guys. I'll take the first one. You take the second one. I like, for both the Cubs and White Sox, Marcus Simeon. Okay, former White Sox infielder, traded to Oakland, developed as one of the top shortstops in the game, became a free agent last year, Played second base and uh, gold glove type second base for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Uh, now a free agent uh, at age, I think, 30 and a half or 31. This is a guy that hit 45 home runs, David. This is a guy that plays solid defense at short, at second, at third base. He's a, he's a very good shortstop. As I said, a gold glove um, finalist for this year at second base, can play third. A good athlete. More importantly, one of the best guys in the game, one of the top people in the game. Uh, he's, he's considered one of the best teammates in baseball. I know that doesn't mean anything to fans out there until you are in a clubhouse and you see the dynamic of that. But put that together with the 45 home runs and the 100 RBI, and you got yourself a superstar player at either Clark and Addison or 35th and the Dan Ryan. Either way, 
he fits for the Chicago White Sox or the Cubs. Bruce, he also played in all 162 games last year. You never see yeah. that anymore. You, you remember we used to took, look at the back of the baseball cards, and every now and then you'd see 162. Oh, the ones, that's a durable player. It's, everybody was – not everybody, but like Cal Ripken did it. A lot of other people were durable. Marcus Simeon played in all 162 games, and he did it the last two times there were a full season, 2019 as well. This is a durable, dependable, reliable player. I am with you 100%. I think that if you're the White Sox and you are serious – about building off of the season, which would you just felt pretty special, but unfulfilling at the end, that you're going to show how serious you are about taking that next step, getting over the hump by going out and pursuing Marcus Simeon seriously. Not just saying, okay, we'll have a conversation. We'll talk to his representatives. Okay, ooh, the representatives. That's the, pro- that's the part I think is maybe one of the biggest challenges. This week, the news out of – Toronto was Marcus Simeon change agents. There's now a Scott Boris tax involved in any team that signs Marcus Simeon. How does that affect your thinking about how much sense this makes for the Cubs or White Sox, Bruce? It means that he'll sign later. Uh, Most Boros clients sign late. Now, if you want to roll out a a four-year, $120 million deal, I think uh, Mr. Boros and Mr. Simeon would – probably look at that and consider it right now, considering the climate and the CBA situation going on. But uh, this is a a player that's going to be looking for 25 to $30 million a year. Does that fit in the budget of the Chicago White Sox? Does it fit in the budget, uh, as we've uh, heard the term used, of being in free agency, but being uh, intelligent about our moves by the Chicago Cubs? Uh, These are questions that we can't answer right now. What we can answer is that Marcus Simeon makes you a contender. Marcus Simeon makes you, a, 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 if you're the Chicago White Sox, a more of a championship caliber team. Marcus Simeon brings in another leader on the team that you can always use, a guy that will seamlessly fit in. So uh, there is plenty to be said about a, a player like this. Yeah, uh, the money is going to be significant, but uh, do you want to win or do you want to be on the sidelines? This is a difference maker in Marcus Simeon. You mentioned how long it will take Marcus Simeon to sign because of Scott Boris. You wonder how patient can the Sox be? I think maybe when you're talking about him specifically, and that's what we're doing because it's a long offseason, we'll get to a lot of these other names that people are banding about. But when it comes to Marcus Simeon specifically, Bruce, because of the Boris factor, don't you think it almost makes it more likely or more plausible to see him in a White Sox uniform or signing with the Sox if the weight goes through the winter rather than the Cubs, who I think probably have to act with a little more urgency. They probably have to be a little more aggressive. They have to maybe uh, spend their money early so they, they make sure that they don't miss out because it is such a pivotal offseason for them. If they don't get any free agents that are big-name, high-impact guys – they're going to be lost next year. If the White Sox swing and miss in free agency, they're still going to be very good next year. So I think that that, to me, says that if you have a guy like Simeon who's going to be signing later rather than sooner, it might even favor, in an odd way, the White Sox. You know, uh, David, uh, I think about it, and everything you say is rational, but the Cubs need a credibility gap stop 
right now. They need a statement for their fan base. They need a statement for the rest of the players on that team that we're going after the best and the guys that can help us win right now. And there are no more important positions on the field than shortstop. And, uh, you know, if you want to put him at short, uh, and if he came to the Cubs, certainly he would play short. If he came to the White Sox, certainly he would play second or third, depending on what you do with Mancata. Third? Uh, third? Third, Bruce? Well, you, third have a, you, have a, you have a second baseman who plays third in Mancata, right? <laughs> He's a better third baseman than he is a second baseman. Miguel Mancata, I think, has improved defensively, and at third base would not worry me as much as he might be turning the double play at second base and needing to be more mobile than I think that he might be maybe is. I guess I guess the thing that stands out in my mind is you're right, 100%. But the option of having Marcus Simeon uh, seamlessly being able to go from position to position is really uh, quite alluring. You know, if something happened to Anderson, you have an all-star, gold-glove yeah. caliber shortstop to move right in. You, if something happens to Mancata, uh, you know, and you have another second baseman in your system. You can move Marcus over there for a week or two. My point is uh, Boros will be selling not only the quality of the individual and the player, but the uh, the flexibility of the player to play multiple positions at a high caliber. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, we're introducing a new segment, Chicago Bound, talking about the offseason plans for the White Sox and the Cubs and who might make sense. Also, there is breaking news here on the score related to the Bears. We did address that last hour with Brad Biggs. Matt Nagy will not coach against the 49ers. He will be out of action because he tested positive for COVID, remains in COVID-19 protocols. Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, will coach the Bears against the 49ers. The Bears will be without Khalil Mack and now without Matt Nagy. So that's going to be very interesting. Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum will be after us at 11 o'clock. They'll break all of that down as best they can. We're going to continue to talk baseball here on the score because that's what we do 52 weeks a year between 9 and 11. Bruce, last thing on Simeon before we move on to your other idea, which I think is a good one. Do you think Simeon's past with the White Sox, which was by all accounts really a, a, a positive experience? He was traded by the Sox to Oakland. Was that the Samarja deal? Was that uh, yeah. yes, it was. Jeff Samarja trade? Yeah, yeah, so, there was the, it was a highway you, robbery trade. Could, could I don't remember you calling it that at the time, but I, uh, we, you're, that's you're okay. correct. I thought it was a do, great trade at the time. Does his past with the White Sox factor into his thought process, do you think, at all during free agency? Well, I think uh, the, the soft landing and knowing what you just brought up is really important for Simeon, who, who knows that uh, he's already been in the organization. They already know him. The fan base knows him. Uh, I, I think I won't I won't say it's going to be the deciding factor, but I think it is a, a factor knowing that uh, he was raised, he was brought up in the White Sox organization, and that he learned how to play in the major leagues with the Chicago White Sox. And he knows the fan base. He knows how great the city is. I, I think it's a natural, to be honest with you. But again, uh, will that... Will, uh, will $10 million one way or the other uh, influence him to go somewhere else? I can't tell you that right now. So that's a free agent uh, situation, and I think we're going to start with that being number one priority for the Sox, perhaps, and, and maybe the Cubs. Marcus Simeon's a great name to, to 
consider. We'll talk about more free agent possibilities next week and as, and as the offseason progresses. Bruce, we also want to talk about potential trades, and sometimes you have to think outside the box and, and know the industry as well as you do to look at some of these possibilities that make sense or opportunities that might present themselves that might not be so obvious. The Bob Melvin leaving Oakland scenario, I think, surprised a lot of people. He's going to the Padres. It's a money situation. The A's are in the midst of having to pair payroll, and you saw in that an opportunity potentially for teams that are looking at the A's roster and seeing potential expensive items they can no longer afford. And you thought White Sox or you thought Cubs? Which one? When you were talking about the A's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more, more Cubs than White Sox. Okay. But White Sox definitely in there. When we're talking about Matt Chapman, their uh, gold glove, not only gold glove, but platinum glove over the last two years third baseman so when you talk about Arenado being the best defender in baseball many people many baseball people many scouts will tell you he is very close but that Matt Chapman is a better third baseman Uh, a power hitting third baseman 28 years old three years left uh, through arbitration this year and two more uh, makes him a very attractive player uh, not making a lot of money quite yet, but will be making too much money through the second year of arbitration with Oakland uh, in the $10 million area. Does this type mm-hmm. of statement by the Chicago Cubs bringing in a uh, all-star and gold glove third baseman and a home run hitter, uh, is that this type of statement that you expect from the Chicago Cubs in the offseason? I think they've got to make a loud statement, regardless of who it involves, Bruce. It's got to be a statement that ends with an exclamation point. Matt Chapman coming to the Cubs would be a double exclamation point. OMG, double exclamation point. You get a guy like that. He's young. That's the thing about Matt Chapman. He fits the profile of everything that you want in in a proven major leaguer. He's 28 years old. He's only played five seasons, and yet he is as accomplished as he is offensively, defensively. Uh, from all accounts, he's got a great reputation as a clubhouse guy. He's one of these foundational pieces as you look at a team like the Cubs looking to build the next great Cubs team. Boy, if they could pull off a trade like that, I think that would be magnificent for the Cubs and a coup for either Carter Hawkins or Jed Hoyer or whoever you want to give credit for. I don't know how realistic it is, Bruce, but you make some really good points about the A's and their approach to this offseason. They're going to have to look at some realities financially, and they may be in seller mode sooner than anybody realizes. Well, and uh, I guess that that brings up the question, do the Cubs have enough to trade for uh, Chapman? In other words, mm-hmm. uh, do you have do you have enough young players that you can afford, A, to give up these young players that you're counting on going forward, and B, to satisfy Oakland to bring in a very young at 28 gold glover home run hitter coming off of, you know, a, a, maybe a soft year for him. Uh, wasn't a great OPS year for him. <laughs> wasn't a great RBI year for him. Defensively, he's still the best player at that position in the world. Uh, but the money is going to push o- Oakland to trade him and their first baseman, Matt Olson, who okay. will, will probably be making about the same. And these are superlative players, uh, but uh, I, I see Oakland going a different direction. I see Oakland open to trading both of them, and why not 
Chapman. Right, Bruce. I, I don't really let's do, let's, don't really think he act. fits with the White Sox, but you know, yeah. if you're if you're thinking about if you're thinking about you know bringing in the, the offense and the defense okay. there, uh, I think Mankata is uh, you know a good enough player. He's not Matt Chapman, but maybe they're just satisfied with with uh, Mankata at that position. All right, Bruce, you play Jed Hoyer, I'll play Billy Bean. And no, not because, uh, you know, I'm not Brad Pitt. But uh, I'll play Billy Bean, you play uh, Jed Hoyer. Ask me who I want for Matt Chapman. No, you cannot have Brennan Davis, I know Okay, that. I want Brennan Davis, or I want Ed Howard, <laughs> or I want Christian Hernandez, okay? Well, I, you're going to have that's... to trade something really good, and, and more, more than just one guy for, for Matt Chapman. It's not going to be... You know, we know you want a player, so we're going to give them to you. That That's not going to happen. But this is where last July's purge, this is where the movement at the deadline has to pay off and can pay off in a meaningful way. It's not who you got necessarily, the, the collective, the, the quantity more than the quality. It is how do you use those guys? How do you use those assets to bring something like Chapman in return and if you can do that successfully, then people may look at what happened in July in a much different light. I will give you uh, Ed Howard and Braylon Marquez for Matt Chapman. Is it a deal? Wow. Here's the Not reason the why I'm going to trade you Marquez. Marquez okay. was hurt all year with a shoulder problem, did not pitch. He was the number one prospect for the Chicago Cubs in uh, 2020. Uh, Right now, there's going to be a build-up factor. It's going to take a little time. Even if he's 100% healthy, uh, David, in 2022, they're going to have to slow roll his innings as they break him back in to being the pitcher that they think he can be, which is a dominant left-handed starter. Right up the alley of a Billy Bean, okay? Right up to the timeline of a Billy Bean and a rebuild. Uh, And Ed Howard being a a shortstop of the future, uh, the Cubs have duplications of Ed Howard uh, by some of the trades that they made with uh, San Diego uh, and, and the fact that uh, they got three shortstops in that deal. So from, from that situation, I will give you Howard. I will give you Marquez. What do you say, Mr. Bean? Do you take that deal or not? I think that if I'm offered those two players from the A's perspective, I do it in a minute. My hesitation is only because I don't know if the Cubs – if you're going to make that trade and get rid of assets that valuable potentially, you better be ready to compete in 2022. You better not be on some sort of developmental plan that's going to take multiple years because you have just identified yourself. Have you gone back into contending mode if you get a player who's as proven as Matt Chapman is? I like that possibility, Bruce. I really like the the idea of being that aggressive if you're the Cubs and going out and trying to get all-star caliber players. Well, that is our first soiree into Chicago Bound. We hope you join us in the future weeks as we will be doing this about trades and free agency for the Cubs and the White Sox every week up into and through spring training. Soiree is a very underrated word, Bruce, and you used it magnificently. Thank you very Thank you. much. You know, we will come back and talk about the White Sox future and their offseason and what's ahead for them in light of Tony La Russa 
announcing this week, re- confirming this week that he was coming back. No big surprise to anybody, but he did talk to Paul Sullivan. Also, want to remind you again, breaking news here on the score, Matt Nagy for the Bears, not coaching tomorrow against the 49ers. We talked to Brad Biggs last hour. That news broke as we were talking baseball. We'll continue to talk, talk baseball. Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum will be here at the top of the hour to look more in-depth of what that means for the Bears. But next, here on Inside the Clubhouse, White Sox Talk, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Do they want you back? Because you don't want to come back because you had a contract. And I, just, I just leave if they don't want you back. They say yes, and you ask the players. You know, you know they, they should choose who they want to manage. If you get both of those, then you check yourself. If you have a contract, and uh, I always – waited so the ownership of the front office said, we want you back. If they didn't, I just walked away. But once you got theirs, but if you fool them and the players don't want you, then you walk away. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11, 11 o'clock, talk baseball. Also talk Bears a little bit. Matt Nagy not coaching against the 49ers tomorrow. Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, in his place. Matt Nagy tested positive for COVID-19. He remains in protocol. Bruce, that was the voice of Tony La Russa talking after the Sox were eliminated by the Astros and him kind of looking ahead to next season. He confirmed with Paul Sullivan he is coming back the next season. We haven't heard from Rick Hahn yet. And before we can chart the course for the White Sox offseason, I wonder, do we need to hear from the White Sox general manager, Bruce, and why haven't we at this point? Well, I think that uh, the White Sox wanted to take some time with uh, personnel decisions in the organization. Uh, they, uh, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't like announcements very much, although many teams make them on days where there's no game going on or in the morning before a game starts. Uh, Major League Baseball a little more lax. But I think they needed some time to lick their wounds a little bit, uh, go ahead and uh, now, now decide how they're going to go about taking that next step to being a, a world championship team. And uh, La Russa, um, you know, I think that story um, was blown out of proportion by none other than Tony La Russa. Uh, he had a three-year contract, right? right. It's not like Tim Anderson's walking into Rick Hahn's office uh, after the season and going, you know, this manager, uh, I don't like him. We don't like him. Uh, we lost We lost in the playoffs because of Tony La Russa. Uh, we won him out. It, it, that wasn't going to happen. So I, I think the story was overblown, but only not, not media hype, but uh, hype by Tony to um, make sure that the fan base and the media understood that um, – He's coming back, but he's coming back at the behest of ownership and the players, not that he's demanding that he comes back next year. Bruce, I'd like to interrupt you because we have a special announcement. We will be here next Saturday morning, 9 to 11, doing uh, Inside the Clubhouse again, right? So that is the equivalent of what Tony did. He said, I'm going to tell you something that you already know and is already planned and where you're already contractually obligated to do, but I'm going to tell you it anyway because – I don't know why. I guess he was asked, perhaps. But beside well, the point and, and what the, the headline that that made, as the White Sox look forward, Bruce, how tough of a decision do you think it is on Craig Kimbrell, who, after the World Series ends, they have five days to decide whether or not to pick up the option? I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think uh, 
the, the thinking process going in was, and it was a strong one, but it didn't work out. The thinking process going in is <clears throat> we're going to trade our starting second baseman and a good relief pitcher for a guy that's going to help us win a World Series. And this guy, on days when Hendricks couldn't pitch, will close games out. In the meantime, we'll have a shutdown back end like nobody else in baseball. And after the season, we have an option. We'll pick it up and we'll trade him because he is considered to be at the very top of the closers in baseball coming to us with an 0.49 ERA and being one of the shutdown pitchers in the game since last September uh, after uh, he, he got himself back together with the Cubs. That didn't work out. It didn't work out for a championship. He didn't pitch well. And now you're in a situation where you traded away a second baseman. You traded away a potential uh, back-end uh, pitcher uh, for the Cubs or closer in Hoyer. You're, you're, you're going to do what? You're going to make sense out of it? You're going to uh, try to prove that, you, uh, that the trade was r- right, that it worked? Or do you just let him go? To me, the smart thing to do is let him go because he's not working. He's not, he's not in your plans. Why try to, try to you know, get a situation where you're going to have to pay money to trade him somewhere else? just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with you, Bruce. I don't understand the logic of signing a guy to a $16 million contract or, or picking up the option and then removing all the leverage that you would have in any trade conversations that you now have to have because you don't want him at $16 million. He hasn't been good enough to justify that, and you have to be, move, you have to be ready to move on. It's a sunk cost at this point. To me, it's an easy decision. I don't know if they look at it the same way. We will find out. More complicated, though. Maybe it's more complicated. I want to get your opinion. Will the White Sox have a conversation about whether or not to trade Andrew Vaughn this offseason if they want to think big, if they want to make that a big deal, whether it's to supplement their starting rotation or whatever Andrew Vaughn would bring in return? But he is a valuable, important part of this White Sox future. And I just wonder, when you hear speculation about Andrew Vaughn, does it make sense to you? Uh, not really, because um, I think, you know, for the first half of the season, he was one of the more pleasant surprises in all of baseball as far as a rookie. He was in the conversation for rookie of the year, not not maybe one or two, but three for sure, until a uh, back issue kind of changed his season. In the last month and a half, he wasn't really functional whatsoever. But um, here's a guy who's never played the outfield before, went out there, made himself into a good outfielder, a guy that they can move around. He's a natural first baseman DH. You're going to need a first baseman uh, after 2022 because Jose Abreu is a free agent again after 2022. Uh, At 35 or 36, is he coming back to you? Are you going to be able to make a deal to bring him back? So uh, developing young players, you do so to supplement your team and uh, look to the future. You also... Like you put it, use those guys to bring in other things that you need for a team in a trade. So it's logical to talk about, but I don't think, uh, I think Vaughn is their first baseman of the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Sheets might be a candidate as well, but he's more of an outfielder maybe, uh, or a DH. 
in the case of Vaughn, I, I just don't think that they consider it right now. They they think the ups, the upside is too too big right now. Bruce, when you look at these playoffs, the World Series takeaway, you got the Darno making a getting a big hit. You have Maldonado making a big impact. I wonder about the White Sox and their future at the catching position. I do wonder, as valuable as Grandal can be at the plate, do you think this offseason, as they continue to talk about keeping an open mind and, and changing the dynamic of this team, how does he fit in? Because defensively, having that guy behind the plate that you can trust to, to, to manage and handle your staff and to not have, be a defensive liability and control the running game, so important as we're seeing in these playoffs. I just don't know if he is I, – I, I don't want to say he's the wrong guy, but is he the right guy to do that for the White Sox? I think he's the right guy for about 100 games. And I think he's the right guy to DH uh, the other 40, 50, or 60, depending on how many games you want him to play. You have a, a commitment to him for big money for the next two years. But, David, you're right. Defensively, um, Collins and Zavala are not good enough offensively and not good enough defensively to really consider them what you need for 2022. Okay, they're just not. And as much as you want Collins to be that guy, you cannot take another year hoping that he's the guy. I think you need a better defender back there. I think you need a, a veteran guy. They're hard to find. Gosh, they're really hard to find. I think, uh, I think uh, Houston, uh, Atlanta went through about eight backup catchers this year. <laughs> the Cubs went through eight backup catchers this year before – uh, Chirino stepped up and said, I'm your guy, uh, a 37-year-old guy, no less. So with all that in mind, I really think, uh, I really think that uh, they need a backup catcher, uh, and that's very important for them. Last thing to talk about with the White Sox today in this offseason, they'll continue to ask these kind of questions. Where are you with Carlos Rodon, and what's the likelihood of them being serious at the table with the guy who is out of contract now? Let's cut the baby in half, okay? Let's give him a qualifying offer for $18 million. And uh, let's roll the dice if you're Carlos and if you're the White Sox. He's going to make four times the amount of money he made, five times the amount of money he made this year. He made $3 million. So he's going to make a lot of money. And he's going to be able to get himself right again. And the White Sox commitment beyond 2000 and 22 is not there. So why not why not make something really good happen for both sides? I might reach for my pen quickly if I'm Carlos Rodon and I'm given a chance to that qualifying offer at $18 million. You ended the season with questions about your health and durability. You don't want to begin the season and go into free agency with those kind of questions. So take the sure thing, be with the team that has, has been good for you and you, you like the environment. I would be, I would be, that's a great idea, Bruce, for the White Sox perspective. And I don't think it's a terrible one for Carlos Rodon to consider either. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll move upward and onward. And uh, again, top of the hour, uh, Rosie and Mark Grody will be talking the breaking news about Matt Nagy uh, not coaching on Sunday. So be, be there for that. Pat Hughes, the great announcer of the Chicago Cubs, joining us next, David.
Yeah, we will talk to Pat. Looking forward to talking to one of the newest members of the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Fame here inside the club. Uh, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Two down. Cubs lead by a run. Tying run at first. Martinez at the plate. Bryant guards the line at third. Here we go. Montgomery's pitch. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout, jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over, and the celebration begins. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. I'm David Hoff with Bruce Levine, and I don't need to tell you whose voice that was. It is the smoothest voice on this radio station, the voice of the Chicago Cubs here on the score, the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Famer. Pat Hughes and Pat joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Pat. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, David and Bruce. How are you guys today? Doing great. Doing great. We're talking baseball Congratulations on your entry into the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Fame, Pat. Um, you were able to thank a lot of people in your career in a terrific speech the other night. Had to be a special moment, and we're all happy for you here at the station. It's very kind of you to say it was a special night. Chicago is simply one of the great sports cities in the entire world, and to be honored here by the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Fame was a, a great moment. I think anytime you are invited to join any Hall of Fame. It's a pretty good day, and uh, it was a great night. And, and you're right. There were a lot of people that I wanted to thank. I had to thank. And uh, it was wonderful to see Ron Coomer come all the way in from Florida just to be there. He's been an amazing partner on the air with me for the last eight years. Zach Zaidman was there also. Mitch Rosen, the executive producer of Cubs baseball. Crane Kenny, the president of the Cubs, was there so many people, Mike McCarthy and Mike Santini from the Marquee Sports Network. But uh, I was greatly honored, and it is a moment I'll, I'll never forget. Pat, uh, I don't know uh, how many uh, games of the World Series you've watched. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about the, uh, the series and the, uh, the managers, the, uh, uh, I guess the uh, geriatric managers of the, uh, of the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros in uh, in uh, those two situations. What are your what are your thoughts about this series so far? Well, I think last night was the first real close game that they've had, uh, tense right to the to the very end. But uh, the managers, Brian Snitker and Dusty Baker, of course, I know Dusty very well, and he and I became friends in his four years as manager of the Cubs from 2003 to 2006. He came very close, as I'm sure every Cub fan recalls in 2003, came very close to taking the Cubs to the World Series in his first year as manager here, only to have the Marlins stun the Cubs and the rest of the baseball world and go on to win the World Series, beating the Yankees. But uh, Dusty is a, a great guy. I think anybody who's ever been with him as a player or a broadcaster or a media member, uh, he's a straight shooter. He's fun. He's smart. And, um, you know, it's hard for a lot of people to get past the scandal of the Astros of a few years ago. Dusty had nothing to do with that, obviously. But I think a lot of fans, and I understand it, they're still bitter over the, the cheating scandal of the Astros. So it's hard for them to pull for that team. But if you know Dusty, 
regardless of what team he's managing, you kind of have to pull for him. And, and I am. But, again, I understand if you don't like the Astros. Pat, Travis Darno hit a home run last night using Jock Peterson's bat, which I think technically is Anthony Rizzo's bat, which technically <laughs> was given to him as a Cub. So the Cubs are really kind of in this World Series still, right? Um, we have to kind of strain for these connections, and we have to look for takeaways. But when you look at the Atlanta Braves and you see a team that has won 88 games, when you talk to people about this offseason for the Cubs, do you look at that as a, as a way uh, that, that maybe encourages people that next year, if they are able to make some moves to put them in contention for a playoff spot, that next year you could be a team like that? Absolutely, David. That's one of the great things about baseball. There have been teams going from last to first. I think the Minnesota Twins did it. I think the Atlanta Braves uh, did it to get all the way to the World Series and maybe even won the thing. There are other examples. But, yes, this year's Atlanta team, they were under 500 for over 100 days during the year. Uh, And then you look at the powerhouses during the regular season, Tampa, the Dodgers, the Giants, all three teams had amazing seasons. They played dominant baseball, winning over 100 games in every case, and yet the only one of those three that even made it to the NLCS was the Dodgers. So it's a very unpredictable thing. The best teams, as we always say, David and Bruce, the best teams always get to the postseason, but the best teams not necessarily always win the series in the postseason, and that's simply the magic and the mystery of the game of baseball. We are fortunate to have the voice of the Chicago Cubs, Pat Hughes, join us on Inside the Clubhouse. And, Pat, we listened to that great call from the World Series in 2016, the final out. Uh, From your company, BaseballVoices.com, tell us a little bit about what's available for Cub fans out there for the holiday season coming up soon. Well, Bruce, you're very kind, and thank you. um, The website is BaseballVoices.com. But uh, we have a special buy one, get one free offer going on until midnight tomorrow. Um, but you can find, like, for example, the Ron Santo CD or the Harry Carey CD. Those are very popular for Cub fans. The Cubs win the World Series CD, which we put together, obviously, back in 2016. But also uh, the Game 7 scorecards that Uh, people seem to like and it was your idea Bruce more than anyone else you and Mitch Rosen I wasn't smart enough to realize that my scorecard had had any major appeal but Cub fans really seem to like that and I'm happy to personalize these items but uh, we have the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game scorecard the NLCS game six scorecard that was the masterpiece of Kyle Hendricks and I'm willing to personalize them and sign them for everyone Uh, Buy one, get one free. They're all available at BaseballVoices.com. And uh, again, Bruce, you're very kind to to bring it up. Thank you. Pat, your voice provides a soundtrack for so many summers in Chicago and Cubs fans and baseball fans overall. The winters, people feel a little lost without the sport because, you know, this is the last weekend of games in a very long time until – next season and it's going to be a very difficult offseason regardless of the White Sox or Cubs moves that we're going to chronicle here at the score a work stoppage looms you worry about the next CBA I wonder about what's next do you have any insight or do you are you worried about the future as it pertains to this offseason and what might be the next shoe to drop 
Well, worried, concerned, yes. Uh, I'm wondering what will happen. Uh, the game uh, seems to have some issues, but I, the game is so great, and there is so much money on both sides for ownership and for players. You would think that uh, at the final hour, right before it expires, that they, they will come to some kind of an agreement. I don't see any work stoppage. I don't see uh, opening day being canceled or uh, spring training. I, I just uh, I don't see that. I, I try to remain optimistic. There are a lot of smart people on both sides. I think they will be able to have a meeting of the minds and get things together. But I've been around the game for a long time. I did not see uh, the work stoppage of 1994 lasting nearly as long as it did. Uh, and it really hurt the game. And I think any time there's a, a danger of a stoppage of play, there's long-term, there are long-term effects uh, that, that you have to consider. So, I, I, again, I hope common sense and, and uh, practicality plays a big role. And, again, there are a lot of good people and smart people on both sides, and I'm going to remain optimistic. That's the voice of Pat Hughes. You know it well, and you can have it for your own collection as well on those great CDs that Pat has at BaseballVoices.com as well as the scores card that he will personally uh, personalize for you and autograph for you from that last seventh uh, game, uh, that historic game that he broadcast along with Ron Coomer. Pat, uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Uh, always great having you on. Enjoy the rest of the World Series. David and I appreciate your time today. Bruce and David, thank you. You guys uh, are doing a wonderful job. It's an interesting show. You have to know a little bit, obviously, about the Cubs and White Sox, but you have to know a little bit about the entire game of baseball, and, and I'm very impressed by the knowledge of both of you guys. So thanks very much for having me. Thanks, Pat. Great time. Great, great to have you in Pat Hughes. Voice of the Cubs, Bruce. He was uh, terrific the other night giving his speech, and what a what a gracious, proven veteran, just an all around nice guy, and uh, kind enough to join us here on Inside the Clubhouse. We've got to get out of here. We got to step aside. You know why? Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum are coming up, and Bruce, breaking news here on the score. As you pointed out, we've had our share. We talked baseball, but Matt Nagy not coaching for the Bears tomorrow. That's a big story. The 49ers Bears game without Matt Nagy. The Bears already without Khalil Mack. You wonder what effect that will have. Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, will take over as the interim head coach tomorrow at Soldier Field. Kickoff is at noon. Mully will take care of the pregame show beginning at 9 here on The Score with Olin Groots and Pat Manley to look at all the different angles and Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum coming up next, Bruce. But, boy, it's, it was a fun show, and Pat Hughes was a great way to end it. Uh, absolutely. We thank Bob Nightingale of USA Today. Cesar for doing a great job for us producing the show. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write Cubs and White Sox on our website at 670thescore.com. David, have a wonderful week. Great job, Bruce. We will talk to you next week. May talk to you during the week. I will be here Monday morning, 5 o'clock, Molly and Haw. Bears Monday, Bears Niners tomorrow. Matt Nagy not coaching, but they're going to play anyway. We'll see what the Bears can do. Thanks for listening. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.